0: Hello, good morning to all you guys that awaken this morning. Uh, great to be sharing with you again, and uh, here I am on the other side of the world sharing the word of God. And I've, I've worked over this message a few times, and, and and I'm just really praying this as well as preaching it. And I'm praying it for me. This this is personal to me. This message this morning. It's 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 always personal to me. But this message, I think, is so important. So important. It's it's so important. I've only got nothing more to say than that. It is so important. So I, I just trust that you just sit there for a moment and say, Holy Spirit, open my heart to hear the Word of God. Holy Spirit, quicken my heart so that I can hear you speaking to me this morning. Release faith in me to receive your word this morning. I don't know what else you want to pray, but take a moment, just just a few seconds and and pray. I mean, really pray. And and just ask God to, to, to do something during this message this morning in your heart and in the hearts of people around you. Man, let's do it. Man. Father God, get us good. Holy Spirit, come. Well, we know you're here, Holy Spirit. We just want to open our hearts that you would have full opportunity to do your amazing eternal work within us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Just going to have a go. See if I do this top button up. Does that look a little bit better? No, Yeah, get me? Look a little bit better, a little bit more formal. I don't know. We play around with these things, don't we? Galatians 3, 1 to 5. You've had a reading already, and we're going to read the scripture, uh, these verses, three more times. I'm going to ask you a question uh, to reflect on. Uh, We're we're going to read the scripture, and going to pause, and I'm hoping you you have something to write on, a phone to take notes on, um, put something down. We're going to ask another question, We read the scripture three times. First question. What does this story tell us about God? What does this story tell us about God? Galatians 3, 1 to 5. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by the means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Write down your answer. Take note of your answer. What is this story telling you about God? Second question. What does the story tell you about people? About humanity? About yourself? It's all all one answer, really. What does the story tell you about people, including me, including you, about yourself? What does the story tell you about us as people? Got the question in your mind? What to tell us about us? You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, Are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by works of the law or by your believing what you heard? So what's this telling you about us, about people, about yourself? Okay, third question. If this is really God's word, and I have no doubt it is. If this is really God's word, what changes would you have to make in your life? If this is really God's word, what changes would you have to make in your life? Reading Galatians three, one to five. What changes would you does this word lead to you making in your life to be doing what the Spirit is saying to your heart? You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would learn, like to learn just one thing from you, Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain, if it really was in vain? So again, I ask, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by works of the law or by your believing what you heard? Amen. Take note, what is it God is saying? You need to change here. You need to grow here. You need to do this. You need to think here different. Great. I hope you've got some things written down, some homework uh, to work on uh, with God during the week. Who are you going to tell about it? Share it with. Don't keep it to yourself. Make yourself accountable to someone. Hey, this is what God told me to do and I want to do it. I, I know I'm going to need some help. Ask me next week how it, with how I'm doing. I want to tell these scriptures are my own words. I'm not trying to say it perfectly. I just want to say it as it means something to me. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell it as if the Holy Spirit was speaking to me personally. So just listen in to my conversation, to how I hear the Holy Spirit speaking to me out of these verses. Paul, you've been deceived, tricked and bewitched. You have a wrong gospel, a Jesus and gospel. You know you were saved by the crucified Christ, by the blood of Jesus And at that moment, you believed you were completely saved and you did nothing to receive. Wow. Paul, remember how the new life of the Spirit sprang up and grew in you, not because of any goodness or effort of yours, but because you believed in us. Why are you being so thoughtless, careless, even foolish? Where did you get the idea that you could continue by yourself the work the Holy Spirit began in you? I think I need to say that again for somebody. Listen, God is speaking directly to somebody right now in that room, someone online, probably more than one. Where did you get the idea that you could continue by yourself or from yourself The work the Holy Spirit began in you. The work Jesus has already finished for you. Listen, Paul. Do you expect to receive the Spirit into your heart and for Him to work miracles because you did something to earn it or deserve it? This is foolishness. It's evil to think you could do what we do. There's only one basis for all our working in your life, and that is your faith freely entrusting yourself to us. Wow, so there's the word of God for us this morning. I've got a few thoughts. Um, You know, we give a title to a message or a sermon, and the title I've given this is, The Cross is Enough. The cross is enough. The cross of Jesus is enough. Hallelujah. It's all we need. It's all we need. In fact, if you look to God, it's all he's given us. But it's enough. It's enough. uh, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except. Jesus Christ and Him crucified, 1 Corinthians two two. And I declare to you as I pastor and come to be ministered awake, and I resolve to know nothing while I'm with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I like the song. It, it, it's nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. There's nothing else. It's what God's given and it's enough. It's enough. The blood of Jesus shed for us on the cross. I like another song from way back when I was young. Um, We used to sing in church a song, Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. I think I might have shared this already. And, and it didn't mean much to me back then by any means, but today it does. And what I realize is I have one plea before God that Jesus' blood was shed for me. No other plea, no other claim, just one, one, one. And oh, there's enough. There's enough in that. There's enough in that. I'm far, far short of, of growing up into all that God has done for me. So I don't need anything else. Just the blood of Jesus shed for me. And it's so good and it's so great. And it's here for you too. Amen. Open your heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in you this morning and tomorrow and the next day. You know, the story of Galatians is, is the story that we read in Galatians 3 1 to 5, and all the way through is the story of much of our church life. Like most of us, I began my faith journey fully trusting myself to Jesus, or just all about Jesus. And I received the Holy Spirit and he started doing some amazing things in my life. I just was astounded by the goodness of it. It wasn't according to my understanding. It wasn't according to my goodness. It wasn't according to how well I served him or anything special I had done at all. It's just that I believed and entrusted my life to him. And he worked miracles in my heart and my life. It was amazing. But then through the journey with church, then through the journey with church, I began to add other things alongside Jesus. I began to have what, what I've called and how the Holy Spirit showed it to me when he, he showed me a Jesus and gospel. Jesus and thus, Jesus and that. What's your end? It's a different gospel. That's no gospel at all. I added things like, my diligence in following his call. I mean, i got Jesus and I'm called to the ministry. Jesus and I'm called. It's gone. I've just got Jesus now. I, I had a, a particular church's system of theology. You know, I, I went to a Bible. I learned the doctrine. I've got Jesus and i got my doctrine all right. Bang, 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 bang. I've got it sorted. Jesus and my particular system of theology and doctrine, and and because it's this one, not that one, there's plenty of room of arguing with people who disagreed with my one. Oh, it's sad. I added, I had there my commitment to the institutional church that I grew up in. I I was loyal, I was committed, I'm going to serve this church. Jesus and my serving the church. Jesus and. I mean, you could add, Jesus and my spiritual experience. Jesus and my relationship with a special leader. Oh, I've met Christians who just want to tell me they've heard so-and-so preach and they were prayed for by so-and-so and they've got a special relationship with so-and-so. Well, you can tell that one way, you can tell it another way, but it doesn't add anything to you as a Christian or not an iota. No, Jesus and. What's your Jesus and? What do you hold equal with Jesus in your heart? Who do you hold equal with Jesus in your heart? Who do you hope in alongside Jesus in your heart? You know, we we, see it's really sad when significant leaders in the church get shaken and, 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 well, we've just seen a couple step back, resign. But if your hope... Is not on a leader. You can be disappointed. You can be sad, but you're not shaken. You're not shaken. You're not. You're not shaken. Don't have a Jesus and a special person gospel. Jesus and a special doctrine. Jesus and a special. Oh, I've seen angels. Who cares? Oh, I, I know my doctrine inside out. So what? Have you got Jesus? See, I began my faith journey with one thing. Christ crucified, nothing but Jesus. But soon I had many things to get right, many things to hold in my my faith, many things to understand, many things to make that I began to feel, oh, how do I do this? You know, it's like you're juggling all the balls of many things when you began with only one thing. And, oh, I'd been bewitched. And I didn't know it. I'd been tricked. And I didn't know it. And like the foolish Galatians, I was one of them. And at the same time, at the same time, as as I'm losing the fire that was in me when I first believed, I was lauded and lifted up in the church. Because the institutional church rewarded me for turning my zeal from Jesus to the institution, and oh, I don't want to do that, and no, I don't want to be part of that, because I'm leading an institution of the church. But it does that, and when it does that, we have a Jesus and gospel, and it's a different gospel that is no gospel at all. Hallelujah, no, it's not a hallelujah. It's sad. Then came the moment when the Holy Spirit revealed to my heart my Jesus and gospel my different gospel I tell you I was broken I was in my office at the time the place I had as a study at the time I was pastoring a church at the time and it was in I don't know a long time ago now in the late nineties I was broken I got down and just lay on the floor and I prayed and I remember saying God how have you put up with me all these years but at the same time I was redeemed and given up by the Father He is so good. His discipline is so good. His patience with us is so good. You know, you don't know what's wrong with your life, that you think you're great, but he knows that a whole lot of things wrong with your theology, with your experience, with your loving of people, with how you love him. But, but you know, he, he knows you're doing the best. He, he's okay with you where you're at right now. But one day he comes and says, come on, time to grow up here. And if you don't grow up, when he calls you to grow up, you start being stubborn. You start to block the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because you think they know better than God. And not one of us knows better than God. That is the lie of the enemy, that you may know better than God. And, and uh, just stop it if you're been stubborn with what God is putting in your heart and how he's leading you. Just stop it. Stop it. Trust him with it. And just see what he does with it. He's good. He's good. He's good. Man, I was astounded at the freedom of the gospel. Oh, I was astounded. I was amazed. Oh, man, oh, it's so freeing. Scary free that there's one thing, the one thing Jesus' blood shed for me. The one thing Jesus' blood shed for me. I've resolved to know nothing except Jesus Christ and whom crucified. You say, Paul, but there's many things. Yes, there's many things, but they're God's business. My one thing is Jesus' blood shed for me. Oh, yeah, there's many promises to claim. You go claim them. I'm going to take a hold of Jesus' bloodshed for me. And all the promises of God are in that bloodshed for me. Holy Spirit can lead me to them. Holy Spirit can bring them to me. Holy Spirit can lead me me to them and them to me. He'll, He'll lead me when to claim this one, when to stand on this one, when to confess that one, when to hold it. I keep doing the one thing. Jesus' bloodshed for me. What are you doing? What's your special thing as a Christian? What do you think makes you a special Christian? Give it up. Give it up. Come, let it go. Turn away from it. Jesus' blood shed for you. I'm resolved to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I just thought I'd share a few of the reasons I've seen that, that we, like the Galatians, get tricked into believing a different gospel. One reason I I, I believe this happens, or I think this happens, our lost from God hearts are deceitful. Jeremiah 79, our hearts are deceitful. Who can know them? And our hearts, our lost from God hearts, are always seeking to justify ourselves, seeking to to be good, seeking to be right. We don't want to be seen as we really are. We want to be seen as better than we really are, even with God. Want to try and show them, oh, God, I can do something good. Look, let me help. Let me help. God, I can pass the test. I might only get 80%, but that's a passing grade, isn't it? Just stop trying. Our lost hearts want to prove themselves, want to be seen better as they are. And, and that sets us up to think that maybe we can just add something to what God is doing. And we can't. We can work. We can, you know, We can work with what God is working in us, but we can't add. Give up. We don't want to admit that we're no good. We don't want to admit how desperately we need the cross of Jesus. It's not a band aid, it's a brand new beginning. It's not, uh, he's not fixing our old life, he's starting a brand new life in us. <laughs> and that's what I needed. That's what you need. Let's stop trying to fix it up with a little bit of our old life. Our lost hearts are deceitful, and they're always trying to justify us. We just don't want to. We don't want to be um, like Adam and Eve, tricked by our deceitful hearts. Number two, I write down, the devil tempts us. The devil tempts us to think we can do something good for God. This is what he did of Adam and Eve Eve in the garden. This is what he's doing with you right now. He's tempting you to think. You you can add something here. You, you You can become like God without God. You can show God what you can do that we can add some value from ourself, our flesh, to what the Holy Spirit has come into our life to do. We can't. Hebrews ten fourteen, For by one sacrifice, He, our Father in heaven, has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. For by the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus shed for me and shed for you, the cross of Jesus, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. See, I, I, how, how can I add to that? How can I contribute to that? How can I do anything that can add to God's made perfect? And the devil comes to tempt us that we can. This is what he did of Adam and Eve at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Come on, you, you who are like God If you eat from this tree, you can then be like God from your own actions and activity, not from God's grace working in your life. Come on, don't do that. Please don't do that. Thirdly, why many of us or most Christians go through this, I believe, that we end up with a different gospel, a, a, a Jesus and a bit of me gospel. Sometimes it's a lot of me. Sometimes it's a little bit of me a bit of me, gospel, a bit of what I do, gospel, a bit of my, my my life, gospel. No, none of me, all Jesus. Many churches, thirdly, many churches disciple people through systems, practices, doctrines, moralities, services, etc. Ultimately making disciples of themselves, not Jesus. It's Jesus in this church, this denomination, this movement. This culture, this particular way of seeing things, this particular special emphasis, this, 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 this. They often have like a higher purchase message. You know, you go, well, why do you know this? Because I've lived it, I've done it, I've preached it it's in my past. I've, it's, it's done. We don't want to go back there, and I, and I'm on guard for it. We often preach a <coughs> higher purchase gospel. It's like, what do I mean by that? Well, you know, it's Sunday, its you can hold call. you can receive Jesus today. All you have to do is believe. It's all by grace. And he will completely save you and you'll be in the family. And then on Monday, well, what do I do now? Well, now that you see Jesus, you've Jesus, you've got to do this and you've got to do this and you've got to do this and you've got to do this. And, uh, you know, you need to show God how much you deserve what he's done for you. In fact, you got it for free, but now you've got to pay for it. You never have to pay for it. I never have to pay. It is free on day one, free day two, free on day three, three on day four. And I mean, how many days until you stop breathing on earth and go to be of God in heaven? It is free in Christ to receive. Don't just rely on what you received yesterday. Get up every morning and receive it afresh and start afresh with God. His mercies are new every morning. His faithfulness is new every morning. So I want to come before me and say, God, I want to make my commitment to you new every morning. I invest my trust in my life to you in you every morning morning. This morning, God, I take a hold of the blood of Jesus shed for me. That's the one thing I'm claiming from you today. And I'm believing it will come into my life today and forgive my sins and cleanse me today and work its miracle and power on me today. Come on. It's just one thing we do. And we want to do it from the beginning to the end. But, but we've got these many churches have, 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 have discipled to systems. And we end up making disciples of ourselves, not of Jesus. I mean, many preach to Jesus for free, as I said. But then our culture, it says, now, now, if you believed, if you really believed all this, you would agree with us. You would serve within our house. You would become our advocate. You would look like one of us, sound like one of us. The message really that comes across is do it all for Jesus and us. Jesus and Jesus. And this is not the gospel. Father, forgive us us church leaders, for we didn't know what we were doing. And Father, forgive us in our churches for allowing ourselves to add to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, we need to get free of this. There's more, I know, I'm just giving you a little bit. We need to get free of this. It's a simple thing to get free of. See, many Christians have become like the Galatians bewitched, foolish, having a different gospel, a different Jesus, a different spirit. And as we try, it all comes as we try to add our effort to the work of the Holy Spirit. I see this everywhere. Our spiritual effort, our serving effort, our study effort, oh, our commitment effort, our giving effort. Oh, we call it sacrifice. We call it all sorts of things. And, and, we, and we talk like, oh, I did the, oh, no, 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 we don't want any of that. What we do is come to Jesus and trust Him with everything and just continue trusting Him with everything. We're saved by faith and faith and trusting Him with everything. Some of the results I've seen from having a Jesus and me gospel. I've got Jesus, but I've got a little bit of me too, a little bit of my stuff as well, the gospel. A little bit of my good work, my good study, my good understanding doctrine, my good, my having amazing spiritual experiences, my gifts, my working for God and the gifts. Look at the things I've done for you, God. A little bit of me, a little bit of me. No, no, no. But here's, here's what happens when we add a little bit of me. We choke the person and work of the Holy Spirit. We're so busy and anxious about many things, good things, spiritual things, people things. Good things. We're so busy and anxious about the many things we think we've got to get right. We're choking the Holy Spirit from working within our hearts. He's come. He's made Christ alive in you. Let him do his work. Trust him to grow you as a son and a daughter or a daughter of God. Let him do his work. Stop choking him by trying to do a little bit to help him out. Even ignorantly, his work, the Holy Spirit's work, is to lead us to the cross of Jesus, to nail us on it so that we are crucified with Christ. His work is that we would become crucified with Christ, that then Christ can live in us. He led Jesus to the cross. He'll lead you to the cross if you believe in Jesus, if you come to him, if you let him. And once he leads us to the cross, then then his work, is to get those nails in and, and there. But then his work is to work the res- life of the resurrected Christ in us. The two go together. Another thing I've seen, um, a consequence of having a Jesus and something else of ourselves gospel, is we have a restless pursuit for more. And we think it's a good thing. Here's some of the mores. A restless pursuit for more that I've seen in people. More Bible knowledge. A restless pursuit for more Bible knowledge. If I can just get more knowledge. If I can just understand the Bible better. If I can just get all my doctrines sorted out. I've experienced this, by the way. I'm talking from my journey here. Then I'll be a better Christian. I'll be able to serve God better. I'll have something that I don't feel I have. I'll get something I don't feel I have. Just a little more Bible knowledge. Just a little more doctrinal accuracy. No. Restless pursuit of more. The restless pursuit of more spiritual experiences. If I just get some more prophecy, if I just get to that meeting and have another one of those experience times and, and, and what you know, I don't know, Holy Spirit party times. If I just have another dream, and another vision, if I just get some more spiritual experiences, then then maybe I, I feel like I'm I'm a better person for God. I'm doing better as a Christian. That I'm better able to do something for. Yeah, you know, it's a lie. More serving God. If I just serve you more, God, right? I just do some more for you. If I just get out there and get on more rosters and more this and more that, no, no, I'll, I'll fill that gap that says it, I haven't got it. See the gaps because you're trying to add something of yourself. Just it's all full of Jesus meant to be full of Jesus, not us. More knowing the right people. I just got to get to that meeting. I want to get to know the right people. You know, the sad thing is, some people do things in church thinking if they get to know the right people, that'll do something for them. They'll somehow get something from that person. You're treating that person as Jesus. That, that's evil. You're putting something on them that shouldn't be on them. That's evil. But it's so much of it. Got to get to the right meeting. Got to get to the right person. Got to get the right experience. Got to get the right knowledge. More getting to know the right people. You could have a more that's a bit different. Listen, very clearly. Open your ears. Open your heart. There is no more than Jesus Christ crucified. That his blood shed for you. This does it all. This will achieve in your life everything that God has for you. There is no more. This brings you into the very heart of God. This brings you into the the most intimate place you could be with the Heavenly Father. There is no more than Jesus' blood shed for us. There is no more. So we have to resist the devil's temptation. That the answer to our restlessness is more of something good. Oh, it's not more all-night prayer meetings. It's not more, it's not like, oh, I've been praying, fasting. It's okay to do some prayer and fasting, but not to get more from God. The answer is more clinging to the cross of Jesus coming to the cross and saying, Jesus, I am resolved to know nothing but Jesus, you crucified, your blood shed for me. And as I know nothing more than Jesus' blood shed for me, or you can count on the fact you'll know more of the Holy Spirit working in your life because that's where he works. That's where he works. That's what brings the freedom. Third thing. Oh consequence I've seen from from our Jesus and a bit of me, a bit of my thing gospel, it creates divisions. It creates infighting within the church. Everyone's everyone else's judge because we don't all have the same ends. We don't all have the same extras. We don't, and we we, we justify. We oh yeah, we, we've all got our different lanes to run in. No, there's only one lane to run in in the Church of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ crucified. The blood of Jesus shed for me. There's not many lanes. One lane. One lane, Jesus Christ. Oh, we all have different tribes. And no, oh, there's only one new people, one new man in Christ. Come on, where, where do we get to rewrite what the New Testament says to justify our, our little extras? No, we don't we don't want a Jesus and gospel. Uh, we just want Jesus. I want to tell you a story about this last one, this divisions years ago. There was a guy in a church I went to pastor and uh, I'm not gonna tell you his name. And oh I'll just give you a number, this first name, Bruce and Bruce was a recently retired um like senior manager from BNZ, well above being a bank manager and, and the guy told me, Have you met Bruce yet in this church? And I said, No, he had been on holiday and they said, Oh, wait till you meet Bruce. So this is interesting. They said Bruce had been known to stand up when he felt a preacher was off track with his biblical preaching, and, whoa, you know, I can find him in the place. Have you met Bruce yet? And so anyway, Bruce and I actually got on quite well when I did meet Bruce. But there was a time, and I was sitting in his lounge, and we were, we were sharing some stories together. And here's the deal. There were things that we profoundly disagreed on. We didn't have the same mind on everything to do with Christianity. But what we discovered is that we both... Wanted to know Jesus. We both loved Jesus. And we both loved his church and wanted to see his church, you know, bright, shining bride. And we prayed and wept over together over that. You know, two don't have to be agreed with each other to walk together. Two walk together in the gospel when we're agreed. It's not me. It's him. It's nothing but Jesus. I'm resolved to know nothing but Jesus and Him crucified. We can re- we agree there? We walk together. Come on, we're not here to walk together at Awakening City Church because we all agree with each other. But where will we come together with Jesus and, and see what the Holy Spirit does with that? Hallelujah! What can we do? What can we do? Well, we cling to the cross of Christ. We come to Jesus, we cling to Jesus. We begin with Jesus, we continue with Jesus, we finish with Jesus. There's no you know, going on from the cross. The work of the cross will grow in us. The Holy Spirit will work it through us, but we haven't gone on from it. The seed that we have when we were saved has got everything in it. It's just got to grow to its fullness in us that we'll become mature believers. You know, we come to the cross. The cross tells us that flesh needs to die. Jesus died through so Jesus in the flesh. I am crucified in Christ. And the cross tells me I need the Holy Spirit to raise up my new life, to raise me up as a believer, as a Christian, as a son of God. I don't do it. I don't claim it. I don't pull it in. I don't do it. I just go with it. But he does it. I need The Holy Spirit to raise me up as a son of God, to raise up faith in my life, to to make me a Christian. I need the Holy Spirit to do his work within me. And he does it all. And I go for the ride, which means I've got a whole lot of agreeing with him to do. And that's called obedience. But I'm just going for the ride. So we come back to Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. This is what we do. We come back to Galatians 2.20. We don't leave it. We just stay there. I have been crucified with Christ. I'm finished with trying to be a good person, to please people person, to save myself person. It's not, I'm over. I came to Jesus. I repeated. I went down into the grave with Jesus. I'm finished. And it's no longer I who live. I'm like the seed planted in the ground of God's mercy and faithfulness in Jesus Christ. I'm planted. I'm trusting him with my whole life. I'm not like the rich young ruler who says, Oh, what what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus says, Well, you know, the law and the prophets and this and this and this. He's done, I've done all of that. Man, I'm pretty cold. Look what I've done. Look what I've added. Jesus says, Well, okay, then go sell all you have and give it to the poor. And he says, turns and walks away. Why? I, he's not, he's not going to, he refused to trust God with everything. Now, I'm not telling you to do that. You need to hear what it means for the Holy Spirit to challenge the idols of your heart. Now, I don't know what they are, but he does. So I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I resolve to know nothing but Christ. In Him crucified, and He's alive in me, and the Holy Spirit is working to grow His truth and grace in me, it's mysterious, it's miraculous, it's marvelous, come on, come on, let it come in, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and the Holy Spirit has come, the Spirit of Christ has come to grow that in me, and He begins in my heart, and He grows it into my soul, and renews my mind, and then it becomes how I... You know, live out this in the world. And then he begins to get some fruitfulness. Come on, I trust God. I trust that God gives me his spirit and works miracles within me and amongst us as I believe the message of the cross. This is the crucified life. I trust God that he will give me his spirit. He will work his miracles in my heart, in my mind, in my life, amongst us as people, into the community as I believe the message of the cross, the crucified life. I don't go anywhere else. So today and every day, I live by faith in Jesus Christ who loves me and gave himself for me. And I do this as one thing. You're going to hear that from me over and over again, eh? One thing. And so our one thing, is Jesus. Will you join me in resolving to know nothing but the cross of Jesus? I'm going to finish. This has gone a bit longer than normal. I, I hope you're okay. But this is so important that you tune in for this line and allow the Holy Spirit to, to speak into your heart. You don't have to understand it all. You don't, It's not an experience. It, it's not a doctrine. It's not following it from your head. It's a decision at the essence of who you are. Will you join me in resolving to know nothing but the cross of Jesus? Make that your prayer. Make that your your pursuit. I want to know nothing but the cross of Jesus. Amen. Father God, I pray for every person sitting and listening to me and awake and everyone listening to me online. I'm praying, Holy Spirit, Oh, he's just there, isn't he? He's touching hearts right now. He's he's just, you can't even say some of these words without his help, but he is there to help you. He's there to help you believe, to help you come to the cross, to help you trust yourself to the cross of Jesus, to help you give up trying. He's there to help you. Holy Spirit, do your work with people. Discipline them. Convict them. Cut away the things in our lives that have been cluttering up our lives, the good things, the bad things. Holy Spirit, grow in us the faith that resolves to know nothing but the cross of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, I just pray that this message will be transformational for every person who's listening. Amen again.